0: Hello, welcome to the Snap UK, uh, week six. I was really disappointed last week when no one talked over John's intro, so I just thought,
1: <laughs> wait. <a minute. laughs> we haven't done that for a while. No. Because okay. oh. normally, John hasn't been doing the intro, and it's not as fun when someone's actually already talking smoothly. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's back. I'm, I'm
0: back. But yeah. Um, oh, sorry, you can do it again. I, I was really oh, no, just, no, no. I, I'm, no I'm going to keep this in. Week. I'm going to keep this in as a memory of the old times. But yeah, welcome to uh, this, week. this week six edition of the Snap UK. Uh, once again, we're going to go straight into it because, well, not much news. And uh, there's lots of games to cover and some uh, quite big games as well. So let's start off with The Boat versus The Goat. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, Bucks 38, Packers 10. Um, the this has generally been the week that, um, was has been sent to kill all our fantasy games. Um, that's um, this
2: week.
3: Being, oh, I don't know. No, no, you're just going out there,
0: but um, yeah, Alan Rodgers didn't have a great week, did he? So, uh, Yeah. Anyone want to start us
1: off with? Well, I think, you know, so obviously Paul did beat me in one of the fantasy leagues and I beat him in in the other. Um, Beat him in the only one I try in. But I would say that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, at the start of the game, in the first 12 minutes, looked like he was, you know, going to keep being the Aaron Rodgers he's been all season. You know, it looked like he'd run him for a touchdown. Then it turned out his knee was down at the one yard line and he did some... Like weird little celebration, um, he did the hingle uh, macringle there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and then it kind of, you know, they were ten ten nil up, and then all of a sudden that Bucks defense, you know, they kind of they plugged up the run game and they just basically said throw it, Rogers, and, and they just stared him down. And you know, it was he went. He it looked like he was going really big, really early. Rogers, he's thrown no touchdowns you know, all season. And he threw two in in three three throws. So... uh, Interceptions, you know. Yeah, interceptions, sorry. Yeah, and and it was just... It was just crazy to sit there and watch and to try and understand what must have been going through Roger's mind that took him from the player he's been all year to... He must have built this game up to something more than it was. Because it was just the Packers versus the Bucks. But it seemed like it was just much more. And he was just trying to prove something. And they just... Said you try, and we'll just we'll just take you down. That Bucks defense is a serious serious asset, isn't it?
3: Yeah, the Bucks defense. One of the the thing that really impressed me from the game was Anton Winfield, who's continued Mm. to impress any time I've watched him this season. But there's there's multiple pieces on that Bucks defense, which is just top notch. And I was you look at the pieces they have throughout that team. Once they start clicking, and I think people were. Possibly too quick to write off a very hastily arranged team playing the Saints week one.
2: Yeah. They didn't target Mike Evans very much. He wasn't on the field all that much. It was the first game that kind of Rob Gronkowski looked like Rob Gronkowski. But the other thing that kind of really struck me is, that, and it's a complete, complete tangent, it's like how good is the, the, the Chicago Bears' defence? Because they were able to get to Brady. A fair hit last week. Mm. The Packers' defense has also been quite has been lauded quite heavily, and they just didn't get near him, and they weren't able to get any interceptions, any turnovers. They weren't able to do to Brady what the Ducks' defense were able to do to Rogers, completely throw him off his game. So, I mean, we'll come on to the Bears later, but I think it's just something to note that actually, you know, that that Bears defense, that pass rush is is back. But you know, back to this game. It, the Packers just—they weren't able to establish the run. They're not. It feels like they're a team where they have to get the lead. They, they, they can't be chasing. They can't be chasing a game. Because once they get the lead, the run game clicks. You have to defend against that run game, and, and as soon as you overcommit to that, that defense, suddenly it opens up all the passing lanes for Aaron Rodgers to look like Aaron Rodgers. And the Bucks just didn't do that. You know, just had a massive mistake, which. Then a had, had a second mistake and as soon as the buck from the lead they didn't take that foot off it off the pack of throat. So I, I wanna see the packers I think the packers seem still good, they're also gonna to go to the playoffs, but they need to figure out how to chase games the same way that you know Dallas are somehow able to do it as well.
4: So Aaron Rodgers in this game, his passer rating was thirty five point four, with his two interceptions and no touchdowns, completing sixteen of thirty five. So forty five percent completion. Anyone want to have a guess the last time he was statistically this bad or worse in a game?
2: Yeah.
4: 2012.
2: I don't, I'd say never. I'd say that's probably his worst game.
3: I'd say no. debut season.
4: They lost 7-3 to against the Lions in 2010, and he, he was 34.7 in that game uh, as, as a passer rating. So that is the last time... Last time he threw two interceptions or more in a game? Three years actually, ago. Actually, Yeah, yeah. So he threw three interceptions week 15 of 2017. And it's The yeah. last time he was this bad in a game as well. So it could just be that, you know, he had a bad day. <laughs> like, he yeah. was trying to be like
2: yeah.
4: a good team, take Did it on me- back and just had a bad day.
2: Did you see his quote before the game? It was around, like, everyone's kind of writing him off, but every year they write him off, but actually his down years are career years for every other quarterback, or most other quarterbacks. Which I think it's a, is a fair point, because he's never been bad, and yet he's had one bad game. I've got, you know, unlike Garoppolo last week, I've got full confidence that Aaron Rodgers will bounce back and will carry on being Aaron Rodgers. He's just had a bad day at the office. It, the second quarter was just...
0: Uh, I mean, it's an absolute confidence killer. I mean, you know, it's the first time in his career he's ever had uh, two picks and less than 10 yards in a quarter. You know, it was just awful.
1: And I I think as well, like, the defence had a lot of time off Mm -hmm. the field, didn't it? You know, because, you know, it was two interceptions. So I know it didn't go on for too long, but, you know, they weren't out there. You know, being pounded for ages. You know, thirty-eight unanswered points. It's not like they ever brought the Packers back into that game, either, is it? No, no. You know, so it's you know, thirty-eight unanswered points against the Packers. But yeah. like something yeah. went terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah, but it,
4: it wasn't it wasn't Aaron Rodgers alone. If
1: you no, that's, what, at, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. If you
4: look at Aaron Jones. They've lent on Aaron Jones this season like never before. Uh, he was averaging something like six yards a, a carry when you take I, all the points. No, sorry? Yeah.
2: No, sorry, yeah, i read.
4: He, I know he had one game against Detroit where he, he was averaging like more than nine yards a carry, but the rest of the time, he's averaging between four and five yards a carry, which is good. Yeah. He averaged 1.5 yards a carry in this game. Yeah. And, and the Bucks became the first team since the 2006 Vikings to not have a hundred r- yard rush against them in 12 consecutive games. Like yeah. they just took away the safety blanket, and I think Tonyan went out of the game as well, the tight end who Rogers has been looking to, and it's the same as you'll get later on in this podcast with some other quarterbacks. If you take away the safety blankets and they have to try other things, sometimes it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you take away those pieces, you look at Cam, uh, for New England, we'll come on to later. He's got nothing really to work with. Look at Andy Dalton. We'll come to later. People are going to slate him, but nothing really in front of him to help him in that game. So Aaron Rodgers is not infallible. He needs people around him, and it just didn't
1: happen. Yeah, I think you know that Bucks defense, number one run defense last year, number one run defense this year. You know. It's just, you know, we, we talk about matchups all the time, don't we? You know, but this yeah. was always being billed as Brady versus Rogers. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that was the case, but when you throw two picks and you, you know, you take a 10-point lead and you, you turn it into a four-point de- deficit within about five minutes, then, you know, you've got to take some of that blame as well, haven't you?
4: Can we, uh, before we move on from this game... We- Brady's been given a bit of a rough time, especially the first game and, and at various points throughout. But he now has the most passing touchdowns through six games as at any Buccaneer quarterback, past Brad Johnson from 2003.
3: So I mean, see, that, that, that's that's an interesting stat. But there's been some
4: utter crap oh, yeah, yeah. in that there's quarterback room, but what I'm saying is, even at 59 years old, he's elevating the position for the Bucks, which is what they wanted. You're going to get the odd bad game where a man that old just can't do it. But generally speaking, he's doing... He's upholding his end of this bargain, is what I'm getting
1: at. Yeah, but they are playing fantasy football, aren't they? You know, Chris yeah. Godwin, you know, Gronk. Then yeah, they run my Mike Evans, Lashay, Shady McCoy. You know, Fournette's obviously injured to come back. Ronald Jones seems to actually be a half-decent workhorse <laughs> now. So, it's not yeah. like Brady's out there on his own. There's this, like, you know... Like Thanos or something. <laughs>
3: well, he, all- he, he,
0: he is um, evil. Um, yeah,
1: he has collected five Infinity Stones as well. So
2: <laughs> you can find it six. And um, I think like Ronald Jones is like a story of the year like we all, everyone was writing him off. I think mean, if you look at uh, any kind of fancy fancy draft this year, Ronald Jones wasn't going in probably in the top four or five rounds, but he's on on he's on course now to have 1,200 rushing yards this year. Uh, he's aver- averaged four up, well, 4.9 yards per carry in, in the game against Green Bay, which you know, there's nothing to be sniffed at. That Green Bay running defense is still not good. We saw the 49ers take them out twice last year, just running the ball against them. I think that's that's the way to beat them.
0: Yeah. Um, and before we move on, um, yeah, uh, yeah, see Gronk's first touchdown in, anyone know? A long 600, time, six hundred and seventy-nine days. Yep, yeah. uh, and it's seventy-nine past, uh, uh, touchdowns between him and uh, Brady, which is the fourth of all time. Fourth, tying uh, Marino and Clayton, and only behind Manning, Harrison, Rivers, Gates, Young, Rice.
4: Anybody want to tell me the last time before uh, Ronald Jones that a Tampa Bay running back had three consecutive hundred-yard games?
1: Um. It was probably three years ago, again. Muscle, muscle Hamster? Yeah. It was
4: Muscle Hamster. It was Doug Martin in 2015.
1: Is it 2015? Oh. He was good for a couple of years, wasn't he, before he found God? Every time he, he had a contract. Think, he, he got drunk, was... then he found God, didn't he? Something like then he that. found the
2: Redskins and just went off the, off the pace.
1: Yeah. I liked Doug Martin at one point. Yeah, and
2: that's he, that's he good let
3: good. me down. <laughs> I have had a look at the stats for some of the Bucks o line. And I was on NFL.com and I think I've understood why the O-line players got better. I was having a look at Tristan Wirfs. The fella there, if I take away the background blur. Mm. It's made it. podcast call. So, yeah. according to NFL.com, when it says arms, it says 34. So, no wonder he's so good at blocking. He has <laughs> arms. <laughs> Have I misunderstood the stat? Possibly. No, 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 he's a
0: freak. No. Well, let's move on now because um, <laughs> an absolutely thrilling game: uh, Titans forty-two, Texans thirty-six, uh, one in overtime. Um, when uh, um, the king, King Henry. Oh man, you, have you seen Watson's reaction to losing the toss? Yes, yeah, about to say. Knowing that, oh no, we, we, we know what's happening here. Um, I mean, Titans, I mean, it's just brilliant. Uh, the first team in in, in history to have a 350 yard passer and a 200 yard rusher in the same game. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was nice to see well, see some signs of life from the Texans under uh. Romeo Cornell. Yeah, Romeo I think you need to,
4: to talk about both these teams fairly equally. OK, the Titans won, but this is the best offence display we've seen from Houston this year, by a mile. Now, Tennessee's defence is middle of the road, but at least they showed some life. They seem determined to play for Romeo Cornell, which they did not seem to be under Bill O'Brien. So, credit them for a close defeat, I think, but this actually says that both of these teams' biggest problems are on the defensive side of the ball for me. Um, I, I think the pass rush from the Titans is not what they were hoping. They're another team who are not getting the most out of someone like Jadavian Clowney. Um, and the same with the Texans, really. Like, if it's not JJ Watt, it's, it's no one. And, and that's a problem for both of these teams if they can't contain the opposition. So, but but back to the offensive side of the ball. Where where currently in quarterbacks would you rank Ryan Tannehill? If you're doing a top thirty-two quarterbacks in the league, where well, is Ryan
1: Tannehill? I'm gonna. I've been a bit down on Tannehill, if I'm honest with you. I think he was me personally. I didn't see this big kind of like. I know he was comeback player of the year and you know all this kind of stuff, but I probably didn't. I wasn't really giving much credit, but I think now i'm i'm starting to have to and i think you've got to say he's definitely you know a top 10 i think he's probably probably 8th maybe in the league because he's just doing things so consistently that you would just happily have him in your franchise and i think you would say that for you know easily the top quarter of the league mm. so his record
4: since joining the titans is 12 and 3
1: yeah i saw that yeah, yeah.
4: That's incredible. I think that's behind like Mahomes and Lamar since the same time last year. like that's it. that's that's the level of company he's keeping.
1: And I think um, you, you do have to tailor that with the fact that there is Derek Henry there, and that you know a oh, quarterback cool. and running back combo always massively helps, doesn't it? But you know he's not Henry's not doing it all on his own. you know, Henry, no is smashing it. Don't get me wrong, but that takes the pressure off Tannehill. Tannehill is
4: 13 touchdowns to two interceptions this season as well. And I
1: think he's 35 touchdowns to something like 12 interceptions in his time since he started. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's it's an incredible resurgence uh, from a player that was written off, basically. So some of these younger players, when we see that they're about to get ditched by their teams, Maybe it's a good thing, more often than not, to move
0: and start again somewhere else. Because Tannehill would have gone well stale in Miami. And is Darnold is, is, is Donald looking at this, thinking, "Is this yeah, what happens when right. you don't play under yeah. Adam Gates?" Exactly.
2: Yeah. Tannehill's coach was Adam Gates. Like, it's no wonder he was terrible in Miami. Like, if, if the Donald situation is only to go by, I, I think he's he's playing very well. Uh, I, how much of it do you put on the system that he's playing on? Because yeah, you're right, Derek Henry a massive amount of credit for, for the offense as well. But it's more the sense that defences have to, you know, have to kind of overemphasise their, their defence to cater for Derek Henry. And that same way that we were saying around kind of Rogers and in the, running game, it, well the running game is, good, is work, working well with the Packers. The running game is is always going to be working well with the Titans. So defences have to overcommit to stop Derek Henry. Because even as soon as he gets past the linebackers, not many players can actually stop him. You saw the handoff he did to Stephon Diggs last week. He does that on a a regular basis. Mm. When you throw in kind of, you know, a good receiver like A.J. Brown, like Jono Smith, I mean, Anthony Fersker had a really good game um, on Sunday as well. Any, I would say pretty much any quarterback that's kind of middling to average would be able to have a, a decent time in that offense. Now, Warren Tannehill, to be fair, he's gone out and he's done it. I give him absolute credit for that. I think he's playing brilliantly. He's not making mistakes. But I wonder how good he would be in, a, in another system.
4: The only, the, the only retort to that slightly, and I agree entirely because I think coaches should coach to the strength of their best player. Yeah. But it's not like he played with duds in the backfield when he was in Miami. He had Lamar Miller when Lamar Miller was great. And he had Jay Ajayi when Jay Ajayi was was like the next big thing before he got injured, and he never got anywhere near his completion percentages, his touchdown to interception ratio. It just
0: isn't the same. So yeah, I, I, as, well, I as receiver, he also had Landry and Devonte Parker, Parker. Yeah. Yeah. who are good. You know, a great receiving you know duo, and he's he's getting as much out of you know. AJ yeah. Brown and Adam Humphreys. Absolutely, AJ AJ Brown is is some AJ wide receiver though. You yeah. know, him coming back
1: is a massive yeah. thing for, for them. Um, and no... I think the, you know, the other thing you know we touched on like before. You talk about like defenses and defense being the problem. There's only three games this week where there was less than forty points scored.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which,
1: you know, it's crazy. Like, they're just not getting the practice time.
4: Yeah, the the defensive players are complaining that basically the COVID has hit them most because they benefit most from the walk-through time and the study time as a group so they know where they're going. And they just just aren't getting the same chances to do that. So, um, yeah, you'd expect teams to put up points. I just think for Houston, yeah, you're one and five. But at
0: least the last two games, you actually look like a football team.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: Before, last week it was uh, the Jags Wasn't it and it was a win And you know but no offense, I, I, I think the Ouse Valley Eagles Could have put on a decent <laughs> performance Against them But um, yeah this was A A a statement that you know They are not giving in for the season um, Although for for the Titans uh, They've lost uh, uh, Luan isn't it Taylor Lawan yeah. done for the season. Yeah, That's
2: ACL. big.
4: That's big for them. Uh, Derrick Henry was averaging nearly four yards of carry running to that side of the offensive line, but he's only averaging three running to the other side because Lawan is so good. So that will hurt them, and he is done for the year. There's no coming back. But they are. They have strength across the O line. The O line yeah. is generally very good. So it's not like it would affect half the other teams in yeah. the league as badly. So. Uh, but, you know, you, you mustn't discount that. You, you will see more pressure on Tannehill now. So he's going to have to get that ball out even quicker.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're 5-0. and o, And again, very early days still, but I'd say nailed on for, for a playoff spot. One thing I do want to kind of talk about a little bit is, like, you know, there's a couple of head coaching jobs going available now. How attractive is Arthur Smith, the the Titans coordinator, the offensive coordinator, going to look for those jobs? Because that's, it's two years now where... He's turned a Titans team that were, you know, pretty average into, you know, perennial, well, two-time playoff con- contenders and taken to the AFC Championship game last year. Yeah, he's got the players, but he's still got to put the scheme in, in place. We talk about, it, you know, at the Dolphins where Tannehill had lots of players, but under Gates and under the, the offensive coordinator there, there was no scheme that worked. Feels like, you know, Arthur, Arthur Smith is, is working for your point, Griff. He's working with the strength of the players that he's got, and I think any any GM is going to look at that and go, "All right, that could that could be something interesting."
3: I think you raise right, a really good point there, but I think one thing that's criminally underrated is the Titans' recruitment. Mm. So just yeah. they're drafting as well, you know, on the defense. I've I've been really impressed with Jeffrey Simmons. AJ Brown was a thousand-yard receiver. Is I feel he is top fifteen receiver in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Titans recruitment gets anywhere near enough credit. Right.
2: And I think, you know, for those of you who have not listened to our interview, Nat Coombs yesterday, go ahead and listen to it. But Nat Coombs was saying, you know, there's, there, are, there are franchises who they have a game plan. They have a philosophy in place as to who they want to recruit and who they want to bring in. And it feels like the Titans have, have got that nail down. They brought in Mike Rabel and they brought in a philosophy of, right, this is how we're going to play football. This is this is the game plan, and we're going to bring in the players to play with that game plan, not we'll just bring in anyone and fit them into our scheme. They, they've been very selective over who they brought in. One, one thing before we move on, um, another, another thing John's going to be
1: tapping about is watching in a minute, yeah, and one is. thing I think we probably should have mentioned about this game is uh, should the Texans have gone for two at the end? Because right. we no. haven't really touched on that, and it's, you know, it's a theme this week, but You know, the Texans, you know, they had to get a two-point conversion. Don't forget um, the Titans to to already get there. So they could have won with a two-point conversion, but they may well have not gone for a two-point conversion at that point. So should the Texans have gone for the two? Because I would say most people would say yes.
2: No, I'd say no.
1: I'd say no. A one point we,
2: conversion a one point conversion, but the Texans eight points up. So then you've got to force the Titans to A score a touchdown and then get a two-point conversion. But just to
4: counter that by saying that they'd barely stopped the, the Titans all game. So if you yeah. have the opportunity to win and don't give the ball back to Tanner Hill and Henry, which is why Deshaun Watson reacted like he did at the toss, that their thinking was we win it
1: now. Or we probably lose. So, so I, we'll come on to it later. I disagree with the football team's call. But I also disagree with this call because I think the Texans should have gone for two because, you know, how you know you' only got... You don't know if they're even going to go for that two-point for the win. So if you had failed on that two-point conversion, they still needed seven points to tie up the game. So, yes, they had a chance to win in regular time. But you don't know if you were ever going to get the ball in overtime. So surely you go for the win when you've got the ball at the, at the time.
0: Yeah, it's it's this is a great argument to have in hindsight. I think at the time you go for one because you you are just ending the game there. You know, you might not get the ball back in overtime, but you might. It's all hindsight. It's great to look back and go, well, you know, you know, from, from Northamptonshire, we think that's a really tough call. But I think for, you know, for, <laughs> yeah. for, 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 for Cornell, who's, you know, that's, you know, it's, I think it's a big call, <laughs> you know.
1: I just think, I think the upside, the upside, if you convert that two point versus just kicking, you don't even know if you're going to kick that one point. Yeah. So they do get missed. So the upside versus kicking that one point to take in the two point, two point, you give the, give the ball back with a nine point lead. And then, you know, the one point, if you get it, it gives you an eight-point lead. So you, you're still in. They're still in the game. You know, you you miss that two-point, and you have still got a seven-point lead. I think the upside of taking the two-point is huge compared to taking the one.
0: I agree with Gary for a change. Well, Colts thirty-one, Bengals twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> diplomat, you must get splinters in your butt cheeks, young man. Um, a Come back uh, from the ages. Come back from the ages against um, uh, the, the, Zach Taylor is not exactly winning fans at the moment. Um, I mean, well, for one, he's making Marvin Jones look great. Um, um, but for the, in on the upside, I mean, Joe Burroughs just looks. A, Joe Burrow still looks an absolute <laughs> stud. Uh. But yeah, um, took, they were well out in front, but and they allowed the Colts to come back. Uh, Philip Rivers, you know, cementing his place in the Hall of Fame Stone. by uh, being, you know. Should <laughs> so we, so we
4: get the convenience that out of the way then? How how many fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives does Philip Rivers have in his career?
1: Don't oh, know, six. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Fourth quarter comebacks, 28 and game winning drives, 33. And for fairness, I've got Eli's stat to hand as well. (coughs) Oh, God. Wi Fi banging on the table. But they're so similar. Eli, game winning drives, 37 to 33 and fourth quarter comebacks, 27 to Rivers, 28. They are next to each other in the two tables.
0: I think Paul's counting the Super Bowl rings right now. Yeah, but how many Super
4: Bowl rings did Dan Marino get? I heard Nat Coombs say this on the podcast. It was the only thing I disagreed with when he said Philip Rivers is the best quarterback never to yeah, win the Super Yeah, I didn't want to I'm... And I thought, no, no, Dan Marino, <laughs> then Philip Rivers. But again, if you look at the stats, Rivers is ahead of him in most of the stats now. So, I'm, I'm but... just saying, again, you can't just use the rings because Brad Johnson's got a ring and Trent dilfer has got a ring and they just they're not everything. Anyway... The game, the game was the game was great because the Bengals scored so many points first. Was it, they were twenty-one up.
1: Twenty-one and, nil uh, up. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That that is always a recipe for a great game when a team can't defend uh, <laughs> because Ooh. you know the opposition is just going to sling it all over them, and they did. I was disappointed in uh, the lack of fight from the Bengals' defense when you're star rookie quarterback is doing everything you could want and your your defense just doesn't turn up for the second half of the game that's not good enough and i don't think they have the players to change that at the moment and that's a
2: problem no but bengals are they're they're in you know they're a year into a rebuilding process this is their first i think this is their first year of rebuilding because you can't really count last year under dalton and all the others. The defense is a problem. They they've invested a lot in the offense. They've got the quarterback. They've got some wide receivers. They've got Joe Mixon. The offensive line needs some tweaking. But next up will be to fix the defense because it's 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 aging. The stars are aging, uh, and there's no kind of youth players coming, younger players coming through where you can point to them and go, "He's going to be bloody amazing." Um, but on the flip side, remember the Indianapolis offensive line is probably the best, one of the best in football. So. Yeah, getting to Philip Rivers is no easy task for a, a quality pass rush, um, and like we said, the Bengals isn't a quality pass rush. So Rivers had all time, all sorts of time in the pocket to to pick out receivers who you know actually aren't that great. So I mean, he's making those receivers like a lot better than, than what they are.
3: Who was the receiver for Indianapolis to go over a hundred yards?
2: Marcus Johnson.
3: I've literally never heard of him.
2: No, exactly. You know. Um, Trey Burton, four catches, 58 yards. He's been literally anonymous since he threw that, t- that Super Bowl uh, pass yeah. Nick, uh, Nick Foles for the Eagles. Um, suddenly he started becoming good. So, uh,
0: a rushing touchdown as well. Yeah,
2: rushing touchdown as well. You know, one carry, one yard, one touchdown. So great. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: yeah. It, it does bring the, the thing I felt with the Indianapolis game, and I have, I have a stat because I know we love the stat. They, it was a 16-point deficit they came back from, wasn't it? hmm Sorry, no, I'm, t- I'm talking rubbish. There. I'll get to my point, right? Go on. This w- in the first 100 years of the NFL, no team had come back from a 16-point deficit to win in the first okay. six weeks of a season. Right. This season, one team every week has come back from a 16-point <laughs> deficit.
2: You can mainly blame about the Falcons, though, right?
3: Pretty
4: well, much, yeah. They but... have contributed significantly, and now the Bengals. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be positive about with the Bengals, but ultimately, you're one four and one having got all you could get out of a, a rookie quarterback. So, the problem is elsewhere. And another thing, Nat Coombs was saying was that he believes in consistency and giving coaches time. Mm-hmm. And that is true if you see progress, how much progress are we seeing out of Zach Taylor? Because I mean,
2: No I, 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 know you, I know where you're going with this. I think we are seeing progress. Like they're winning one score games at the moment. like okay, this is a, an annoyance because they've lost such a big league, but they're not getting blown out every week. No. Like they are, they're getting close to their opponents. You, you think back to the 49ers, not last year, the year before last when Garoppolo was out for the year. They, they were they in exactly the same position. They were in really tight games and they were just losing out. The Bengals are, are, are in a similar position where, like I said, they're rebuilding. They're playing a heck of a lot better than they were last year. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely progress for that, for that team. And I, I would be loath to get rid of that Taylor after this year already. Oh,
4: me too. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't be there. I'm just suggesting what what are you putting in place? They were 2-14 last year. What... What has to be
3: the line for improvement this year? Four wins? I, I, think, I think... I think five or Jim, Jim phrased a good point in the, compar- in the comparison to the 49ers. Shanahan's first year was three and 13, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. There's still a long, a lot of the season
0: left. Yeah. I think... I think on the eye, uh, they are much better than last season because, I mean, quite frankly, couldn't be much worse. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's one of those coaches that's going to be in a you know let's almost whatever happens this season you know let's I don't think we are uh, we 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 judge it on results because I think we just have to you know believe that that from the eye they're looking better um, so yeah let's you know trust in the process um, okay. Here's a, here's a quiz for you. Burrow is the fifth quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 1,500 yards and multiple rush touchdowns. Can you name the other four? Say that again. He's the, first, the fifth quarterback what? In the, in the Super Bowl era with 1,500 yards and multiple touch, rush touchdowns in his first six games. Who are the other four? Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Cam Newton. To... Cam Newton. Cam Newton. He still one is Lamar Jackson. No, he, he did it last year. Kaepernick, Kyler Ka- Lamar- Murray, Kyle Murray. Ka- Andrew Ka-Pernick. Luck is the other Rule one. Luck. Oh. So he's in some pretty good company, yeah. you know, on, on on stats. But yeah, uh, you know, we we need to wait to for the Bengals to carry on the
2: rebuild before we start yeah. judging. And let's face it, the Bengals took ages to get rid of Marvin Jones, so they're not going to get rid of Zach Taylor that quickly. No,
4: nor should they. But I just want to know where the barometer is for progress.
2: Let's move out to the (laughs) fourteen (laughs) years.
0: So Steelers thirty-eight, Browns thirty. In uh, no, Browns seven, and I I
4: noticed
0: and wondered where you
4: got these other twenty-three points from, but I didn't want to break the illusion.
0: Um, yep, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've copied from the Mavens' score.
4: Are, are the Browns the worst 4-2 and two team in the league? No. no, It's no. a bad day. John and I were discussing, there was a lot of talk yesterday from people like Stephen A. Smith and one or two others on ESPN about that's it, Baker's done. Well, if I had three cracked ribs and was facing this Steelers team... I'd have cracked my pants as well, and I don't think you should be judging him on this game at all. I, I can't believe they left him in there as long as they did. Um, they were on hiding to nothing basically. It wasn't all on him at all.
2: No, uh, it was partly on him.
4: Of course, but not all on him. He's playing injured against the best rush we've seen in the league in years.
2: I'd go further. I'd say it's the best defense we've seen for a while. Like I think everyone was talking about the Steelers running coming into this game, as you know, their their schedule has been. Pretty really easy. It's been the opposite of what the, the Texans had to start with in terms of playing teams like the Eagles. Um, and this was like builders like their first real test. And even some of the Browns fans were getting a little bit uppity saying, Oh, Steelers haven't played a proper team yet, you went into the play the Browns, Steelers blew them off the park. Like in all all facets of the game, in offense and in, in defense, probably in special teams as well. Um, they were in control of this game from you know from the kickoff. And similar to kind of what the Bucks did it to to, sorry, yeah. You know, what the Bucks did to the Packers in, in the last three quarters of that game, the Steelers just didn't let up this week. Yeah, you know, they, they they let the Eagles back into the game a bit last week, not this week. There were.
1: I think you know these teams don't get on, do they? Uh, no. Clearly, yeah. And and coming out beforehand, the Browns players saying, we're doing this for miles. Yeah, <laughs> maybe wasn't the best idea
2: <laughs> because
1: they were, it added some spice to that game. And where the Steelers like to just kind of do enough, I think this time they were out to prove a point and we don't see this enough from the Steelers, that kind of really nasty side and that, that side where they just want to destroy a team. You know, it was quite refreshing to see, really, that they just kept up that intensity for the whole game. So yeah. if the Steelers can play like that, you know, it should be a bit of a, a wake-up call for them that they could be that good. And like yeah. Chase Claypole looked just as good this week as he did last week. You know, anyone who dropped him in fantasy must be like just, you know, a little bit suicidal. Yeah. a little bit.
3: And you and anyway, raise a really good point, Gary, with this because we've, we've been kind of critiquing the Steelers that they've been playing down. But this was yeah. their first real test. They did not play down at all to this. They wiped the floor with a. And any Cleveland Brown fan who is unhappy with four and two should be hung. Yeah. On that yeah,
2: completely agree. I mean, they, they got to. Yeah, they got to Baker Mayfield. They had four sacks for eight quarterback hits in total, right? Ain't you right, Griff. They, they, they were wise to take him out whilst he was still able to stand up. The only downside of the, of the game for the leaders is, uh, is Devin Bush going off injured. I think he might be done for the year, and that is a massive loss for that defence because he's, he's the heart and soul of that defence, and they'll, they'll do well to replace him.
0: Yeah. Um, as Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick, it's his... Uh, Third Defensive touchdown Since he's joined Which is the tied most in the NFL Since in that period I think only Marcus Peters Can But Other than that Minka Is not It's bizarrely one of the weaker parts of That Steelers defense at the moment Like he, You know he's He's not, he, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the aspects of his game, he's not particularly great. But when it comes to staring down a quarterback and getting him to chuck in the ball, it seems he's absolutely league leading. But yeah, other than, it's it's, it's, a strange, it's a strange anomaly, really. It comes, it comes down to
2: coaching again, right? I mean, again, where, where was Minka before he was in Pittsburgh? He yeah. was in Miami under Gates now the steelers take him they they give a first round pick for for him and they figure out how to use him coming out of college he was you know a kind of safety linebacker hybrid and the steelers are like right great that's your skill set we'll figure out how to use how to use that strength and the reason why he's getting picks is is because quarterbacks don't know if he's going to rush or not and if he's not then he drops back they, they lose him in, in all the other coverage as well so he's able to I, the quarterback, figure out where he's going to throw it. He steps in and gets his job done. That's what he's there for. He might not.
4: That Minka was only drafted in 2018. Yeah. Spent a year and a bit on a terrible Miami team and then has been thrown into the mix in Pittsburgh where everyone is brilliant. So it's going to stand out if you're not the best, but he's still a young defensive player and they employ him in a position where his job He's wait and see what happens. If the ball doesn't come his way, he's effectively out of the game. But it's a wait and see. It's cover the middle of the field and don't let anyone throw in that direction. And and people don't because they know he's good enough. So it's a bit like when we've seen players in the past, like really excellent corners like Richard Sherman, who have a statistical anomaly season where nothing really happens for them because no one passes to that side of the field
1: and I, and i think also any defence with two watt brothers is allowed allowed to have itself a little luxury you know of a player that is more of a spy than you know somebody that's involved in every play spy you know, is you, the right word you, yeah. you 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 allow yourself that don't you because well, I,
2: you've got two watts i but the other watt plays on offence <laughs>
4: Well, you know expect, I mean. um fourth and inches could probably play the play the, the, the Minka Fitzpatrick role and be equally as good uh, i I'm, in-
0: I'm, I'm just wanted to bring it up because I just noticed some Twitter uh you know st- stuff saying that oh you know is he actually that good? I just wanted to bring it up. So uh so you know he, there was there was a stat that I saw which I thought was laughably a bad stat,
4: which is uh Baker Mayfield has thirty-seven career intersections as a starter. 25 of them have come against teams with a winning record entering the matchup, And you think, well, yeah, because those teams are really good at taking the ball away. So -hmm. that's not a stat I I like. But here's what I do like. So since 2004, how many wins do the Cleveland Browns have in total in the league since 2004? It's probably more than you think, but how many? 22. Since
1: 2004? 64. 79. Oh, yeah. I was thinking right. 2014. So. No, uh, that's what I
4: thought you were thinking. No. So, 79 wins in 16 seasons or 15 and a half seasons. How many wins in that time does Ben Roethlisberger have over the Browns? 22. Um... 24. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's... He's just owning the Browns. Like they might have be called the Cleveland Roethlisberger's because he just walks the floor with them every time.
2: Is he? He's still the quarterback with the most wins um, in the Cleveland in the Cleveland Stadium uh, in the new yeah. stadium, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just insane. He's uh, anyway. Quite something. Anyway, guys, uh, Eagles twenty-eight, uh, Ravens thirty, um, hmm. and. Um, I'm, I was a bit worried for the Ravens this game because to concede 28 points to this Eagles team, this Eagles offense is worrying. Because when you compare, have you seen how many members of the starting mem of roster of their offense are, s- are remaining? It's two, isn't it? <laughs> it's two, yeah.
2: two. Yeah, Jason
0: Kelsey, and Carson Wentz. And went. Yeah, everyone else is injured including three of their backups i think maybe even four cuz i think um i think uh basically it's someone else someone else went down this weekend so yeah it's it's the fact that the eagles got 28 points is good for them but yeah uh i mean carson had a rough game as well didn't he it wasn't great
2: he had an up and down game, didn't he? Yeah. He wasn't helped by receivers. There was, there was, I think Miles Sanders dropped almost a, a guaranteed touchdown. I think in that one, the other receivers also dropped pretty much a touchdown. But
1: F- the- Fulgham nearly claimed, pulled in a uh, hail mary, didn't he? At the end of the yeah, exactly. Half. Uh,
2: he's he's like you say. He's not being helped by receivers. He's not being helped by his his offensive line. Sacked six times. Um, and there were <laughs> 16 quarterback hits in total. So, yeah, that, you're going to see
1: Jalen Hurts a lot more, I think. Every yeah, time a I mean, game gets away, they're going to give him some experience.
2: But then also, he's this is what their fifth game and he's taking, you know, on average about three to four sacks a, a game and getting hit a heck of a lot. He's still fit. He's still going out there and playing football. Um And that's kind of been the the downside to Carson Wentz over the last few years. It has been his fitness, but he's looking fit. And but I actually I, I, I can't put this on him at all because like his whole offense is pretty much eradicated. He's he's managed to put twenty eight points on a good Ravens defense. Now the Ravens kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. I was going to say so, how
1: much was it? You know, just quarter,
2: like- quarter, but yeah. But so that's. Let's not put it on Carson Wentz. Let's put it on the fact that this is a team that's just riddled with injuries on, on both sides of the ball.
0: For the Eagles, what worries um, uh, for them is it's, it's a short week. They play the Thursday night game. I mean, admittedly, it's against bullshit in the Giants. But uh, it's still a short week when you don't want to be having short weeks. I mean, you know, when your team's like that. But when well, you could the Giants could
1: have... win... Could the Giants win two
0: games in one week?
1: Yeah. Possibly, just because yeah, so you're playing such an awful, awful division. <laughs> the Giants well, we'll... could be top of the division. I know we're going to talk Burnham, about that, but there are
4: lots of positives on that Giants team. And actually, they're in no worse state than the Eagles, really. Um, look, Carson Wentz is, at the moment, the most up and down. He goes from being Mitch Trubisky to be in Aaron Rodgers and back in the same game. Like, some of those passes were brilliant. And then mm-hmm. some of the decision-making is absolutely baffling for a
2: quarterback in his, what, fifth year? I think yeah. the decision-making is more oh, than... I think you call it three years. Yeah. I think, but I think the decision-making is the fact that he hasn't got time to make decisions. Even no. any quarterback would be struggling behind that, def- that offensive line. Like even Rogers or Mahomes or Wilson would struggle behind that offensive line. It's worse than what we've seen in Seattle over the last few years, and that's saying something. I'll tell
1: you the other thing that was interesting seeing this game from a Ravens side was it was the first time we've seen Lamar run properly. Mm. Yeah, for for the whole season, really. You know, he hasn't really. I don't know, what did he get in the end? About 70 yards? I think 108 108 yards. It was 108, yeah. He had a 50-odd-yard scramble, didn't he, at one point? You know, we just haven't seen that so far this season. So, I think that was quite refreshing to see as well because I think if you try and use Lamar purely as a pocket passer that can move around,
0: I don't think he's half the threat he is, you know, when he's really running. I mean, you're taking away two-thirds of his skill base, really, aren't you, to, to do that? So...
4: They're trying Um, to keep him safe, aren't they? They're just trying to make sure he's on the field every week. You you just bottle that plan up until you need to use it. Um, Yeah. Carson Wentz. Here's a stat I didn't realise about Carson Wentz. Has uh, the most lost fumbles since 2017 as a quarterback in the league?
1: Give Daniel Jones some time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Give him a couple of years.
4: 18th since 2017. That's a lot of fumbles he's losing. Now, part of that is the fact that the O-line is constantly hurt and he's under pressure. And part of it, he holds the ball too long, which is why I was making the Mitchell Trubisky comparison. Like his, If you look at Goff, we see Goff go through stretches two or three games where he's bad, and then he'll have six or seven games where he's just pinpoint. And in those bad games, he holds the ball too long as well. Uh, and Wentz is the same, but he does it in and out in a game. Goff goes through stages two or three games at a time. I don't I, I, understand the Carson Wentz issue. I don't know how you fix it. Because he doesn't look like he's able to overcome the O-line issues like Dak has with the Cowboys, etc. But on the other hand, when he gets it right, he's one of the best six or seven quarterbacks in the league. So...
0: it's You, you, you look at, uh, at what he has, he hasn't really got a solid run game. Miles Sanders flatters to deceive, and sometimes it's Boston Scott... You know, sometimes it's random, you know, some bloke they've picked off the practice squad. The the O-line is always injured. I mean, Zach Ertz hasn't really turned up this season. No. But
2: He's been good as um, well. He's, and
0: he and he else who and else are you going to cover? Who else are you going to cover? Nobody. nobody else to cover, is there? So, he holds onto the ball because he must, he must step back, look up and just think, who? Who the like? Look, go before thinking. Well, I could throw it to Nelson Aguilar, but no, he's never going to catch it anyway. And then, um, and then apart from that, yeah. If Zach Ertz is covered, so Zach Ertz is out for the next four weeks. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So what you're saying is the Giants should win this week. Well, yeah. I mean, Zach Ertz as well has this year has been having to be used as a blocker because he's yeah. as a tight end. Didn't Goddard get but, injured? Yeah. He's, out
1: the the like, he's out for out
0: the season. He's out for the season, season. isn't he? Yeah. It, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, they might rush Deshaun Jackson back. But it's not going to help because he's not going to get enough time to be free. No. And, he'll be, and he'll get
2: injured in the first game because he's yeah. been injured for the last three years. Exactly. It
0: like. And especially if they're rushing him back because they've got no one else. I mean, I'd love to see Carson Wentz... It, at, a, at a at a team where they stay fit. Quite frankly, you know, you, if you gave him, if you gave him, if you swapped him and Rivers,
2: what way, know, swapped, what way have you swapped him and Dalton right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, half the Dallas O line is better than the none of the Eagles O line. Yeah. You know, so yeah, um, it's um, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. So,
3: uh...
0: Yeah, OK. Yeah,
4: I mean, look, uh, my, my thing with the Eagles is they're, they're still in the hunt because the, the division is so bad. Yeah. So th- that just says more about how absolutely abysmal that division is. Oh, I, God, yeah. I think, although I couldn't swear to it, I think the 1990... Uh, no, it's really early. Sometime in the early 90s, the AFC Central is the only division ever to start worse through six weeks. Yeah, there's teams, actual individual teams, who've got more wins than your entire division put together.
2: Yeah, That's yeah, I, think I saw a good tweet the other day. that said that if uh, if 2020 was a division, it'd be the NFC East.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on to one of the teams with as uh, I mean the, more just wins what, than just, the NFC East. Just, just one the, more stat with that: Steelers five and and0,
3: Ravens five and one, Titans five and and0, Chiefs five and one. Bears 5-1, and one, Seahawks 5-0, and oh, the NFC East
0: 5-18-1. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the teams with five wins uh, is the Bears, who beat the Panthers 23-16. to 16. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to come out here and say the Bears are a, a good team.
2: But <laughs> no, defensively, oh, they're brilliant. Got five oh, wins. Go, on.
0: go on, Jim. You go. Go on,
4: Jim. I'll, then I'll do mine. Go on.
2: They've got five wins. You can't not say they're they're a good team, and they're not pay, they're not playing you know the Eagles every week. They've been playing oh. some good teams. The, Cap- the Panthers are coming off a free you know a free win uh, form. They beat the Buccaneers the other day, and you know most people have got the Buccaneers penned to go to the Super Bowl with, with Tom Brady. The pass rush is starting to really improve, and, and actually you know we're seeing a lot more out of players like like Khalil Mack. The then the offense is doing just enough. We've seen like. You know players come in like Cole come the the rookie tight end looked okay um Jimmy Graham is looking decent for, for what we've seen recently even David Montgomery he I mean he had 58 yards three yards average not brilliant but they're just they get, they're doing enough on offense and their defense is carrying them through which fair play of I mean, uh, last year when when the 49 ers started the season and they went one0 they went two and0 they went three0 they went four and0. Everyone's like, yeah, it's going to end soon, it's going to end soon, and they end up in the Super Bowl. I feel like the Chicago Bears are, are not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but you know, we all wrote them off. We all said they're, they're not going to get to the playoffs, me included, and now I think we've, we've, we've really got to start taking them seriously because they're, beat, they're finding ways to beat teams.
4: Yeah. So what I was going to say was, do you remember back in 2015 when we watched Peyton Manning turn into... Blake Bortles and the the Broncos defence carried the team even when they transitioned to Brock Osweiler and no one said this isn't a proper football team that can't win what they said was as long as the quarterback doesn't lose the game this team can go all the way and win the Super Bowl and it is exactly the same with the Bears because the defence is doing its job regardless of what's happening under centre
0: I'm seeing Gary shake his head yeah. I, I sure. just think I just think they're a terrible team. Like, <laughs> though,
2: I, uh, yeah, but but yeah. The, the Eagles are a terrible team. The Cowboys are a terrible team. The Bears
1: are uh, one. Do you have to just say they're a terrible got some, team
2: to watch? They've
1: got, yeah, good, they've got good defensive players, but you know, are they good enough? I'm sorry, like I just are, don't see it.
2: Games. Like that's that's, that's that's the yardstick, isn't it? You can have the, the Cowboys have got amazing players on offense. What are they? One and four now. One and five. I do
1: hear. I do hear what you're saying, but I think you know, in a game where it starts to get you know away from you, or they've got to score a lot of points. This Bears team cannot score a lot of points. You know, David Montgomery, and then Corderell Patterson. Like, it's just there's nothing there. Like, it's just they're not good enough. But Alan Robinson's all right, and then after that, you know, you've got Darnell Mooney. Don't know who he is. <laughs> you know, you've got Cole Comet. I Cole don't Komet, I even, yeah. he has. He's. You know, he hasn't even got a real name. You know, it's just like Jimmy Graham is just a big rock who stands there when they get down the, the field. He is not the old Jimmy Graham. He might be putting up touchdowns, but that doesn't mean anything. And. And I'm sorry, if you put them into a game where they trail, they've got no chance, which that's means that in, in playoff football, they won't go anywhere. So you, just, you they're, can, not,
2: you, they're not getting behind because they've got such a good thing. Yeah, but
1: you can talk about, oh, they do this, they do that, but like, they are not going to do anything. You're, you're talking rubbish, and I'm not allowing <laughs> it. <laughs> you, you used to be the advocate of defence wins championships. I am. I am still a well, massive, but not this year. Not this league. year, because look at, look at the league. There is no way teams Agreed. are going to stay generally under 30 points. This is not a normal year. So, yes, the Bears, under normal circumstances, would have a chance.
4: How many touchdowns have Foles and Travisky got between them this season?
1: Oh, I don't know. About seven.
4: Well, and they have seven interceptions between them. That Broncos team, at this point in the season, had seven total touchdowns
1: and 10 interceptions, they were negative scoring. Yeah, but and you they can't compare won. this year's stats to anything. Basically, you the might Bears as well teams just teams put tackle bags up. There. Like, there's nothing in defence anywhere. Like, it's crazy. You, Bears, you just can't compare like-for-like like stats then, like that. Surely then, teams that are good at defence this year have a better chance of winning than yeah. ever before. Yeah, absolutely. By your logic. Because they, they, but they won't hold the best teams to the amount of points they can score, will they? Maybe like not. The Bucks. But then we've, yeah, the Bucks, you're talking about when did they play the Bucks? Two weeks ago?
3: Yeah.
1: So, so the Bucks, yeah, and the Bucks have been together for three weeks, yeah? So there's no way that a week three Bucks is the best team in the, in the league, is it? No, like you put that Bears team against the, the Chiefs or the Ravens, yeah? yeah or week, the Rams playing at the top of their ability. You're Bucks, talking rubbish. But it you're forgetting, Bucks, everybody's, been, forgetting everybody's
3: forgetting something. Everybody's getting something very important. The next three games for the Bears: Rams, yeah. Saints, Titans.
1: Yeah. So talk to me after that. We'll if pick, up in, one, we'll pick this up in. We'll pick this up in. We'll pick this up in three weeks. If
3: they're eight and one. We're having a conversation.
2: Yeah. So you know, five and
1: four. Again, again,
2: one is a we're, real not, thing. we're not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl. All, all I'm saying. I think
1: you just said they might do.
2: No, I said, I, I used the example of the 49ers who did go to Super Bowl. And I said they aren't going to go to Super Bowl. They are going to get into playoffs because that NFC North, apart from is between the Packers now and the Bears, and um, are the, but, Bears, them? Yeah, the Bears are actually a problem because they've, they've got an extra win than the Packers. Yeah, well, they've had an extra week playing good football. And if you, you said yourself, defence win championship. And if you've, if you've got a defence playing good defence this year against everyone else who's bad... And you've got a chance. So there, there will
1: be games where you need to score more than 20 points. And they cannot really. do that. Yes, they can. So they won't
2: win the Super Bowl. 27, 27, 17, 30, 19, 20 and 23. So, yeah, it's low. It's not as high as the other one. But they've also not conceded over Aver- points. Average
1: points per game this year are like 50 points. Most, so they're below the, the average.
2: They, the most they've conceded this year is 26 points.
4: Yeah, look. I don't think you can discount a five and one team after six weeks, but I agree that the fixture list gets tougher, but that applies to everybody. I mean, the Bills just went four and two and we'd have said they were one of the best teams. So I I absolutely think you've got to level it out at the halfway stage, which is where we'll be at after the next three games. I'm just saying they're not as, they're
1: not as unbelievable. I think the thing is when you look at their offense, yeah, and I'll get, I'm a massive fan of defence and I do believe it's the cornerstone to having a great whether it be a dynasty or super bowl run. I I, I do believe that. But I think when you look at say you take the Niners offence from last year to this offence, yeah, and you look at the options available, there is just not enough available. You know, yeah. if they get if they get one injury, who is the wide receiver? Well, yeah, Tariq you know?
4: Cohen is the problem. Losing Tariq Cohen could be a massive disadvantage because he's the gadget player that comes up with random touchdowns and they don't have that now yeah, so you they've find out.
2: Order, oh, they have a, a pattern. they are starting to use him differently as well, well. And he's, he's been always play. everywhere. yeah i mean
4: they
2: are
3: they are going to make the playoffs
1: Yep. I would think they probably will but yeah, I think they've got, it's always... play,
3: they've got to play the Vikings twice And the Jags They're making the playoffs Yeah so
4: to, to Paul's point Let's say they do make the playoffs Then they've got one of the greatest Playoff quarterbacks of all time <laughs> Shut, they like to playoff shut up They've got to
1: play off Nick Foles <laughs> Oh in. man like I, I love a, a Philly special But mine normally has a load of pastrami And some <laughs> gherkins And all this so other have kind have of Philly Philly
4: stuff right. <laughs> off. But I'm just saying with Nick Foles in the playoffs, it's a bit like the Giants with Eli in the playoffs. He's going to rock up and you're going to win more games than you probably should.
0: OK, I'm going to leave it there because this is fun, but it's more time than, we, than the Bears deserve. <laughs> uh, for the Panthers, it's just, it, it wasn't a good matchup. Uh, three wins, though, doesn't make it. it's just, I think it's where we expect the Panthers to be right now.
3: I think they're
0: uh, ahead of where we expected them to be. I, I think yeah. that's have done
4: a great job yeah we
0: haven't talked about much because there's not
4: much to say this week but this is the first week where you'd really look and say ah oh, that's probably disappointing and it's
0: only disappointing because of how good they've been through the last three games yeah, yeah. so before we head the break bills 17 chief 26 uh you know it's uh so in the game uh, patrick mahomes reached his 90th career pass uh, t- pass touchdown in his 37th game which is, uh, unsurprisingly, a Super Bowl-era record, um, beating Dan Marino, who did it in 40. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 will lie, I won't lie. I haven't seen much of this game, so if I'm, anyone wants to take this from me. Well, I watched it last night, and the weather
4: played a big part in the fact that, uh, to start the game, Josh Allen was two of eight passing for like eight yards. Every single ball sailed high. He looked like the Josh Allen from the last two years as opposed to the start of this year. And then Patrick Mahomes did exactly the same. I, I think at the end of the first half, or no, sorry, six minutes ago in the first half, the teams had a total of 99 passing yards between them. Like it wasn't easy for either quarterback. And eventually Patrick Mahomes showed himself to be the more accurate long passer than Josh Allen, which is a surprise to no one because Pat Holmes is generational talent. But again, one of these teams was going to be bitterly disappointed to lose and lose back-to-back games. And if it had gone the other way, I wouldn't be panicking with Kansas City and I'm not panicking with Buffalo. Their defense probably isn't as good as it has been for the last two or three years. That's more of a concern, but Ultimately, they can quickly put themselves right in what is a bad AFC East and an average AFC in general where they fit in the top four or five teams. I think the only downside for Buffalo really is Kansas now have one up on them in terms of if you meet in the playoffs, they can say, right, we've already beaten them. This is what we've got to do. We can do X, Y, and Z. But it was mainly the drizzle and the mist that was causing the problem for Josh Allen. He just... You just look
1: rattle because of that. I think um, it was a tough week to play the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, they wouldn't, off. Have, been, they wouldn't <laughs> have enjoyed that loss at all. Um, and I think, you know, Edwards Hilaire, you know, 26 attempts. You know, that's definitely feed me the ball, isn't it? You know, yeah. 161 yards. Le'Veon, who? I think that is definitely what that says. You know, like, you can bring in who you want, but I am the man. And he Garrett is still Williams be the man.
4: Darrell Williams scoring a touchdown was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm just doing this while I've still got a job. Do you know what? We we haven't said much about LeVeon Bell signing with the Chiefs uh, after being thrown out of the jet because they're idiots. Um, he's just gonna be a complimentary piece,
3: isn't
4: he?
1: I yeah, think it's going to be like Kareem Hunt was in the Browns. I think he'll yeah. he'll start off as a very kind of bit part player that plays a lot towards the end of the game. 30
4: 40 percent uh, snap rate something like
1: that. And, and then I, I don't think, think
4: that's the right thing.
1: And I think towards playoffs though, he could be a real factor. Yeah. Um so I think well, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Cause cause the one
3: thing Kansas the... needed was an all a former all pro running back. <laughs> that Super Bowl winning team needed an all pro running back. Uh, definitely. I said last week about the Panthers with Mike Davis, it's great news for Christian
4: McCaffrey that you found someone to share the workload. It's the same here for Le'Veon Bell coming in, share the workload with Edward hilaire and then you've got two players, like you said, with Hunt and Chubb at the Browns. Like that's that's a massive bonus. Lots of teams do not have two stellar running backs, and this team is about to have two, providing they get eighty five percent of
0: Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, for the, for the defense, um, the, for the Chiefs, uh, Josh Allen was the second player to have uh less than 50 yards on 15 attempts <laughs> in a half. The only other uh, only other player to do that this season was Lamar Jackson against the Chiefs. So, uh,
2: yeah, quick, they, quick they, one on
1: Bell before we totally move on. Sorry, John. That's so right. So it was um. The Jets paid him uh, more than nine million dollars per rushing touchdown. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> my my favourite stat this week, completely unrelated,
4: apart from the fact it's money. Sorry, Sam Bradford got paid nearly nine thousand dollars per yard of passing when he was. <laughs> <into> the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll be back in a minute because uh, after the Bears discussion, I think we need to need a, a <laughs> chill Move um, on. Then we'll come back and uh, we'll go over the rest of the games welcome back uh, part two of Snap UK um, we're going to start uh, with Pat's Twelve Broncos, eighteen. I want to hear um, Griff explain this. <laughs> Ooh, Pat's, com- Pat's coming off one day of practice in two weeks. Um, yeah, there's
2: that, your first excuse.
0: Um, I, don't, I don't think there is an excuse.
4: If I'm honest, I think uh, if you want to if you want to use practice and then O-line injuries, there are two problems. But there isn't an excuse for you losing to this Broncos team. It's the first time under Belichick that we've lost a game without conceding a touchdown. That's 20 seasons, right? So the bigger issue is they're not getting enough going. They never got enough weapons. And we should have gone out and traded for AJ Green in the last week and hope we can make something out of him for a year. Because that is what we're missing. Um, I don't... So no excuse. But I also don't think it's time to press the panic button. Because the Bills lost last night which means top of the division isn't that far away. And I'd be confident enough that we're going to get wins over the Jets and at least one over the Dolphins. I think we already beat them once. We've got a good chance of beating them again, especially if they we, we think they're now going to play tour for the rest of the season after what they announced today. So,
2: Spoiler alert. Go on.
4: Yeah. So there's no panic, um, but it was frustrating. I was watching it and... You just couldn't believe how poor the weapons are on offense. It just looks stale. Damien Harris got nothing going. Cam didn't really do a lot with his legs as well as his arm. Um, it, It just looked poor. And, you know, maybe the 10 days no practice is the only viable excuse. But I don't think that's enough. When you look at what the Titans have done, they come out and won two games having had the same amount of practice. I learned a lot better. I just I mean, think they, no they were room. practicing outside of restrictions. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, unlike <laughs> the Titans, who are loaded with talent, there's no room yeah. for error with the with the Patriots. It's either everything oh, goes oh, perfectly it must,
3: it and they be win by like three. What the Patriots having that former MVP quarterback, the Super Bowl MVP at wide receiver, the number one, the number one uh, first round wide receiver must be awful. Absolutely awful.
4: Yeah, probably. <laughs> I am only telling you what I'm seeing on
2: the field, you know. It's like- can, we a, can we give a bit of kudos to the Broncos defense? Because I thought yeah. they were awesome as well. Like Millie you know, they they lost Von Miller at the start of the season, and I think everyone kinda of wrote them off with um Kevin Harris, the cornerback going as well. Everyone just thought, well, they've lost their two leaders on defense. They got a, they got a young quarterback, they're rebuilding, they're re- restocking, this isn't gonna be a good year for them. They're two and three at the moment. I wouldn't ask them to kind of at least be in the hunt for a playoff position in the AFC, which you know there's, there are some quality teams, but there aren't a lot. There's not a lot of depth there. Um, Malik Reed had two sacks. Bradley Chubb is looking kind of back to his best. He's taken that kind of Von Miller rollout. He got a sack um, and, and another tackle, another one and a half tackles for loss. So yeah, absolutely, it was a game for Denver to lose based on the fact that they almost did because. Drew Locke threw the ball twice in ridiculous situations, which he should never have done. I blame the play calling on that, not him. But you know, the win's a win. Maybe they've kicked how many? One, two, three, four, five, six. six field goals. I mean, that's that's close to a record. I don't think the it's record good. is eight. Yeah. Um. So you know, they have got the second best kicker in in the league, I, I reckon. So they've yeah, also but-
4: got one, and, and we were like we were saying earlier, one of the best backup running backs because Philip mm. Lindsay came in ripped off 100 yards on 23 yeah. carries like he'd never been away. So, yeah. like, they've got, you know, plenty going for them. They look like a talented team. Uh, I suspect it will be a year too early for them to be seriously in the playoff hunt. But, yeah. you know, look at the record. They're on pace to trouble other teams as well.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they're, in, like, if they're in with a chance come December. That wouldn't shock me. I don't think there'll they'll be a, a playoff. Contender, but I think they'll they'll definitely be you know when they show that that, that graphics like in the hunt, um, and they'll be one of the teams that are like yeah they could make it but you have got like about a million different things that have to happen before they they, they do. Um, I kind of see they're, they're they're that they're that team this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the for the Broncos, they uh, released former Time Man of the Year Blake Bortles um, before the game, but then resigned Time Man of the Year. Blake Bortles to the practice squad uh, Monday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and here you go. Here's a here's a here's a a uh, question for you guys. Drew Locke is the second quarterback to defeat Bill Belichick-led Patriots on the road while throwing multiple interceptions. Who was the other? Um, man. Nope. But um, um Joe Flacco. Mark Sanchez. It's, Alex uh, Smith. It's, it's podcast favorite Kurt Schwaimmer.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> in a uh, in 2001 in his uh, MVP season. So uh, yeah, just uh, any chance to get bring him up. Um, okay, from the bad to the ridiculous. <laughs> Dolphins 24, <laughs> Jets zero. Um. <laughs>
2: Sorry, it just makes me laugh. It's such a bad. Thing.
0: I mean, so uh, should we start with the dolphins because it was the uh, we saw the start of tour uh, and he is now going to take the starting role away from uh, Fitzpatrick uh, next week and
1: week after they're
0: on a bye. They're on the bye, yeah. There are now rumours of Fitzpatrick being traded away. Uh, I, I mean,
2: would, I wouldn't be risking that with Tour's injury history. but like, let's just keep him in the building just as insurance. It's not costing him that much.
1: And, and I you think that Tour has been very complimentary about yeah. everything that Fitz is doing for him. So I just don't see why you would why you would put all that pressure on Tour to yeah. have to be the man immediately. I think that's just that would be. So- the, Adam thing style up, management.
4: the thing that summed up FitzMagic best was when Tua came on and the mm. biggest cheerleader was Ryan Fitzpatrick jumping up and down and shouting on the sidelines. Like the guy has generally he was, he was shouting choke. Yeah, but he generally embraced the fact that he's there to tutor this guy and he's getting paid millions to do it. He he just looks delighted to be out there or even stood on the sideline. And I, I think you've got to love a guy who just appreciates that he's had this career.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think he released a statement um, earlier today saying, like, he's he's kind of like happy to see like, the game move forward and for Tua to be in the game. And he, he talked about kind of how he looks back at some of the quarterbacks, which helped him as well. So he mentions Carson Palmer quite quite a bit, and when he backed up uh, Palmer, and I think he's he's one of those quarterbacks. He's like kind of Josh McCarron as well, isn't he? Where he Josh McCarron has that. Reputation as being like almost not a quarterback whisperer, but another quarterback in the room who's going to help guide and help tutor younger quarterbacks. And Fitzpatrick just comes a he comes across as a really nice guy anyway, and like just down to earth. But he also, I think he's he's done himself absolutely no harm in anyone's eyes in terms of how he has been very open and upfront about the fact that yeah, I'm not the future of the the Dolphins. Of course, I'm not. This guy is, and I'm going to help him be like the best quarterback I, I can possibly I can possibly do. So yeah, it's great to see. him. I look forward to seeing him too. Like he was awesome when he was at Alabama before he got injured. Um, I think he's good. I I really hope he's as good as what he was um, back then. Yep. Uh, so,
0: well, the
4: Jets have started zero and six. I think only five or six other teams have done that since twenty fifteen. I didn't get round to finishing looking up who it was, but like the Bengals will be on there. I think the, the Browns. Browns. Browns definitely. definitely. The Lions. Niners, uh, one year. Niners, yeah. 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 One year. I don't know about the Lions. That was before... 20- the Lions
2: have had an 0-16 season, haven't they? Yeah, but that was before
4: 2015. I'm only no, talking about five years. Well, There's been bad teams. But when we've watched that Browns team, that Bengals team, at least you could see flashes, bits and pieces. This... This Jets team is the closest thing we've seen to that Browns team from a couple of years ago that went
2: 0-16. That, that Browns team's better than this Jets team.
4: Well, they should have been. They've got more talent. Now that the Jets have got rid of Bell, all right, you've got Jamison Crowder, you've got an injured Crowder, Sam yeah. Darnold who isn't progressing. What else have you got? What pieces? How? Why would anyone take this job anyway? Is Gacy's <laughs> role here just to make the job so toxic and so unviable that he has to stay
1: well, in room. Well, I, I've been Googling kind of bits around Gase and, you know, whether he will get sacked. And I found this, this, um, this article that just said, the best time for the Jets to fire Adam Gase has been every day since he was hired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> but um, they won't sack him. I don't no. see it happening.
4: Last season, Dolphins would have been one of the 0 and 6 teams and, and I believe they had a better point differential than yeah. the Jets
2: through it's the first six games. The, the, it, the first two games were terrible for the Dolphins last year, weren't they? And then they uh, yeah. and they actually picked up and they started to play well because the team were playing for their coach. Yeah. You know, the team are playing for their coach. Right? It's
4: like they're, they're, devoid of leadership and talent. Yeah. And it's, it's an embarrassment.
2: Their third down efficiency, they had, they have 17 third downs. They converted two of them.
4: Yeah.
2: They went... Now, they they went, they, went I don't know they a the quarter. I, it's just a bad team and we, we've mentioned or I've mentioned it particularly throughout the program about this player's doing well but you know uh, his new team but then look who he was coached by previously Aaron Gase is a bad bad coach there's nothing else for it anymore he a he, he can't seem to coach players from a technical point of view to make them better players and now he just doesn't well if he was ever it doesn't seem to be able to motivate players either um, so without that and without the ability to you know be a, a talent spotter and bring in the right time of players, which I don't think he can do either, there's absolutely no hope for him, like, the Jets should never have hired him after the Dolphins anyway, they did it's not worked. get rid like him and Greg Williams who also had a bust up at the weekends as, as well um, both of them need to go sack them both
4: Yeah, I just like reading their drive chart, punt, punt, <laughs> punt punt, punt, <laughs> interception Punt, punt, end of half, punt, 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 <laughs> punt, 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 punt. It's just, it's just hilarious. It really
2: is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
4: It's, just, it's just dreadful. It, there's not, it must be awful being a Jets fan. Like, and they are yeah. players like Quinn and Williams, who's a good player, but is just unable to do anything.
2: You know all the players that have been through there, especially on the, on the defense side, side of the ball as well. Sheldon Richardson was a good player. Muhammad Wilkinson was a good player. Jamal Adams was a good player. Now you know uh, um, the other kind of defensive tackle they got now, who's a good player, who apparently they might be trading. I can't remember it's Quinton someone. Um, it, every like, no no player wants to be on this team, and I, you can't blame them, can you? Um, oh really? It, Didn't uh, they have
4: a quarterback called Lamar Jackson. Yes. I did not know that. There but, you go. You know, you need the other guy playing
3: a quarterback. He might be better. We can't anyway. go out for Lamar Jackson. We've got Lamar Jackson at home. <laughs> <laughs> I think,
4: uh, I think that's enough about the Jets. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I can't believe he's still in a job. I just don't understand.
2: I, the only thing is that, that, that if they don't sack him halfway through the year, he's going to be sacked the day after the final game. we've
4: got we've got people on this podcast who work for some big companies in different industries right at least well almost all of us work for big companies i think jim and i probably work for the smallest companies if 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 any of us turned up at work and took a big turd on the floor every day you'd get sacked
1: i think we need to pass this over to paul really to to find (laughs) out
3: (laughs) hey
2: how, yeah. how
3: I've never been employed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that very
2: well,
0: go on, take we us can... away from this misery, job. Yeah. We'll go uh, 49ers, 24, Rams, 16. Um,
2: that a game, shocking,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> a result I did not predict, but you know. Uh, Who wants yeah. to be the first to say, how good was Jimmy G this week?
2: Well, how good was he? He's really held he the record for like the most wins after a loss, or something like that, or the least consecutive losses. Yeah, um, he it was really good. Um, but what was better than, than Jimmy Garoppolo was the offensive line. Like considering who they're playing against, in, in Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald didn't get to the quarterback at all. Um, and it's been the interior of our, our, our offensive line It's probably been one of the, one of the biggest weaknesses in San Francisco, where. You know, we lost Western Richburg. The guards aren't brilliant. Trent Williams is still kind of getting to up to speed after after a year off, and that leads kind of Mike McGlinchey, who you know is a stellar right tackle. the The Rams weren't able to get to Garoppolo, but right? the the trip plays were awesome. Debo Samuel had a great game in both in terms of receiving, but also you know. It just being that kind of diversion from from everyone else on, on the pitch as well, which allowed other players like Kittle and you know uh, and Kendrick Bourne to kind of feast. It's It was a well-coached team, a good win, um, and fair play. But the, the stat that kind of really stood out to me was the time of possession. 38 minutes for the, for the 49ers versus obviously 22 for the Rams. So, you know, the way to stop an offense is don't give them the ball, and that's exactly what they did.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so for, for me, Jimmy G is the anti cousins because his primetime record is incredible. He is seven and one in primetime. That's a 0.875 win percentage.
2: Wow, I didn't know that. It's yeah, the I, was, I saw that stat. Yeah.
4: the most winning percentage, the highest winning percentage of any quarterback with five or more primetime starts in the last five years. And Kirk Cousins is just the opposite. He's like one and seven or one and eight or whatever. It's like, at least he turns up most of the time. And I think that's why games like last week, when he looked so bad, admittedly hobbled, that's that's the knock on Jimmy G. It's like, you just don't know. There's not very much consistency in in terms of week to week. But when he's good, he's really good.
2: That, that, that's the thing. It's like and I think I said this last week. I I still don't trust Jimmy G to get the job done on a consistent week to week basis. Like he's not, yeah. You know, okay, Aaron Rodgers had a bad day, but he's not Aaron Rodgers in terms of like he's. If you're in a hole, you you kind of expect Aaron Rodgers or that ilk of quarterback to pull you out of the hole. Jimmy Garoppolo is not that quarterback. Uh, I think again, he needs to be in the lead, not chasing the game.
1: And I think the, the other thing for the Niners, and it's been the case for at least two or three years now, um, you know, we managed it very well last year, but, you know, we have been a very injury prone team as well. And, you know, we, you know, we're still very beaten up from our trip to New York, really. Um, and we, we have, we, we've had historical issues with injuries, haven't we? Yeah. You know, So yeah. I, I think to beat what was, you know, quite an in-form Rams team, you know, quite, Quite comfortably, we gave up a touchdown right near the end to make it an eight-point game. But you know, if we're a, for a divisional game against a form team, it was pretty comfortable.
2: Yeah. Also, I mentioned Jason Verrett as well because he's come into the team this year. He was out all last year, injured. To your point, Gary. He's, I think, out of all the cornerbacks in the league, he's got the lowest quarterback rating of quarterbacks that throw to him at the moment. He's having a, a real good comeback year in in place of, kind of Richard Sherman not being around, and he's a veteran presence in a, in a backfield which you know, last week was absolutely terrible.
4: Yeah, yeah. Raheem Mostert's done, isn't he? For the year, is he done? He's gone on to IR.
0: Gone to IR. I don't know if he's done for the year.
4: Oh, Okay, they have they, left him open to come back. A bit. I mean, I think that's quite a big blow, but it at is least, at least you've got players who can pick up the sack. and you more importantly, you have a coach that can utilise whoever you've
0: got. Yeah, uh, I think you, have, you have the anti-gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the anti-gate. Well, effectively, yeah. Like, I don't,
4: I just don't know what to make of the Niners. I don't. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as last year because of injuries and the like, obviously. Mm-hmm. But equally, it's a bit like when the Patriots have been not great in the past. You've got a coach who makes up for those deficiencies and that's probably worth two or three wins a season like Belichick has been for years. Like sometimes, like I think uh, a Pete
1: Carroll is, is worth another win for Seattle every year. Uh, it's, it's, it's the strength of our division that might cost us getting to yeah. the And and I think if you put us in, you know, in a different division, you know, we'd be really (laughs) competitive. Yeah. You know,
2: like... NFC East,
1: you'd be undefeated. (laughs) You know, we've already lost to the Cardinals and we've got to play the Seahawks twice yet and we've got to play the Rams again. So, you know, we've got a very... I think there's another very difficult schedule again this year for the Niners. You know, and that's another thing. We don't get a lot of downtime. You know, there was a period last year where there was like five games where we were playing like all teams in the top ten, weren't we?
2: Yeah, we played the
1: the Ravens, we played you know, it just went on and on and on. And if you look at this year, it's very similar.
2: We did mention it last week as well. I mean the the next game is the Patriots, which given kind of the performance this week, you kind of you you do put a bit more of a question mark over okay, that's that could be winnable. But then after that it's Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills, football team, Cowboys, Cardinals, Seahawks. So yeah. Again, you know, looking at it, on paper, you'd say there's maybe three, three and a half wins there, roughly. Uh, like, if, if if the 49ers finish eight and eight, given everything that's gone on this season with, with COVID, with injuries, with um, Super Bowl hangover. hangover. Yeah. Super Bowl hangover, finishing eight and eight. And like, like I said about the Broncos being in that contest for, okay, they're in the hunt, they could get there. I think they'll finish third in the, in the division because I think the Cardinals will probably finish last because they're, they're still rebuilding. I think the Rams will finish above us and the Seahawks finish above us as well.
0: Well, let's move on to the Cardinals who uh, wiped the floor with the Cowboys 38-10. to 10. It's the first time the Cowboys have trailed by over 21 points in the first half. Uh, since uh, week 17, 2015, which was also the last game that Dak Prescott did not start for the Cowboys because he hadn't joined, um, so Kellen Moore was a uh, uh, was the quarterback that day. It was a uh, well, I mean, it's, for one, hilarious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to hear from all those on the podcast that said there's no drop-off between Dak and Mr. Dalton, Mr. Griffin.
4: Yeah, I'm prepared for this and I stand by it. Did you see the O-line? Yeah. You see the O-line. Andy Dalton threw some brilliant passes, made some brilliant decisions, saved the team from taking a sack. But my God, he was running for his life. They had two of their original season O-line players left. Tra- um Uh, Martin left, was it Zach Martin? Whichever whichever one was left on the right-hand side of the line left after like 10 minutes with a concussion. Zach Martin. And like, they got nothing. There's nothing in front of him. And the difference between Dak and Andy Dalton is Dak will run around and make something out of nothing. And Andy Dalton, it'd be like putting Tom Brady back there. Like, he's still a really good quarterback, but it's not the same. You've still got to stop him getting crushed. So, if they're going to play like that on the O-line, yeah, he doesn't stand a chance.
1: But it's not on an Dak would, have, Dak would have put a lot more points on the board than that. And they'd still have mm-hmm. lost. They may well have lost. but he, Yeah. They, that game but
4: yeah, Dak, Dak would have put up more points. He, he also, would have given them a chance to win.
2: That's the job the isn't That's his fifth fumble this season. He's got an issue. Yeah, he's had
4: four across his other seasons. Yeah. Like, that was bad. So Dalton didn't get any help. I, you cannot judge Dalton on that game. You've got to give it five or six games, and if he's no good, fine, move on. But I don't I don't think that's a fair reflection on Andy Dalton at all. Like this guy was winning games when Cincinnati were terrible. He had a five year winning record with the Cincinnati Bengals out of his nine years there. So he knows how to play in a bad team, but he doesn't he's not gonna elevate an O-line, is he? That's just not who he is. Not he's not Deshaun Watson. Dak Prescott,
1: Patrick Mahomes. So, be realistic with your expectations. He's not the problem here. They, they weren't my expectations. They were what other people were telling me, is that, you know, there is no drop-off. And, you know, if I'm honest, I, I'm I'm not sure we've seen that yet. And look, you know, Dalton will take a bit of time, won't he? But I think on that first showing, there's a
0: drop-off. I think what we... What, I, I, what was said was, behind the cowboys o-line there wouldn't be a drop-off and we can't judge that yet because he is not behind the yeah, same well, o-line that, that's <laughs> true
4: but there, are, there are bigger problems for the cowboys zeke fumbling is one the fact that their defense couldn't stop the five of us is the next the
2: one it's just terrible they're on they're on course to be a legendary bad defense I and we've said it earlier in in, in the show the defense wins championships this, this team is picking first in, in the draft next year. Yeah.
1: That is bold. You think they're going to pick
2: I'm not, first? I'm not the saying they will, but I'm saying like if, if one side of the argument is the defence wins championships, this team is terrible. Because, like, yeah. okay, yes, you've lost your, your quarterback. Your running back is fumbling pretty much once a game. They've, they've, they've conceded 84 points this season off of turnovers. So, and that's that's become because a yes, Zeke, Zeke is fumbling, but also they're trying to ch- they're chasing the game too much. Like Andy Dalton had to throw 50, 54 times uh, last night. Like any quarterback throwing over 40 times is an issue because it means something's not going right in your game, either your de- defense is bad or your running game is, is bad. Their running game's not terrible, but it's got massive issues in terms of fumbling. But their defense is just absolutely woeful. It's terrible. It should be better. They've got pieces on there that are better. Um, they haven't got a lot of backfield, but they've got that. you know, DeMarcus Lawrence is getting paid a heck of a lot of money to be a pass rush, and I don't think he's done very much at the moment. Good to see Leighton Van Der Esk back. You know, I think Jalen Smith needs that, but again, it's he needs time to get fitter and get better. And then you're still left with the fact that they've got no safeties. They've got no cornerbacks of no. So, what are they going to do? I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't see improving. I can see the offense getting better with Dolson having more game time, but I can't see the defense getting any better.
4: They um, want that, McCarthy, because you can't sack him six no,
2: games. No, but Mike, no, Nolan, Mike
4: Nolan has got to go, because yeah. he is running the defense, and they need to find someone else to do it. He hadn't coached for, was it, eight years? Yeah. Like, he hadn't been a coordinator for eight years. This is why he's not up to speed. He He's not even mm-hmm. reacting fast enough, let alone planning in advance. So, the the with the talent they've got on the defensive side of the ball, someone else will get better
1: results. Well, they've, um, you know, there's been a couple of leaks starting to come out of the locker room, hasn't there, over the last kind of probably 12 to 24 hours. Apparently, the Cowboys players have been keen to keep things internal for a while, but now they are just fed up with coaches that apparently do not know how to do their jobs and can't <laughs> make decisions on the fly. So a couple of bits have been leaked out to a couple of reporters in, in the States and that's kind of come out in the last few hours. It's going quite, it's quite heavy on Twitter at the moment. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, That so. doesn't
4: surprise me because they strike you as a fairly
1: professional bunch of
4: players. But after a while, that must get you down when you feel you're playing your hardest. And it's clear that the play calling is dreadful. It must, it must get to you. It's like being hampered in your job. It would annoy you all the time. Let's uh, let's let's give one or two props to the Cardinals, though. I mean, my favourite stat from the weekend was seeing that uh, Kyler Murray is now seven and zero at AT and Stadium because he played there in college <laughs> as well, and he's thrown three touchdowns every time he's been there, so three or more. So that's that's pretty impressive. Um, and who knew that Dre Kirkpatrick was still playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I certainly didn't, but uh, yeah, he showed up in interception in the third quarter, and that's his fourth career intersection on a Monday night. There you go. There's a, a random stat. Boy.
3: The the Cardinals' defense. There's I, I saw a clip of Bud Baker on a safety blitz. Just come in and it yeah. looked like it looked like a wrestling show. It looked like a Goldberg-esque spear.
4: Yeah, it if was- he'd been carrying a chair, you wouldn't have been surprised, would you? It was incredible. No, it's
3: just.
2: Yeah, and like again, it, you you point a little bit to co- coaching on that fact that the, the Cardinals' defense hasn't got. I mean, it's probably got the same amount of quality pieces as Cowboys one, and you know they've lost their best pass rusher, but they're able to go, kind of, able to produce. And you know, but, I think you're right, Paul. Bud Baker had an amazing game last night.
4: Uh, Paul, to your wrestling analogy. Uh, here's another one. Kyler Murray has tied uh, former Cardinals quarterback for the most games uh, with one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown in a season, which is five. Bear in mind, he's done that in six games, which was set in 1950. What was the name of the quarterback?
3: I have absolutely no idea.
4: Give me heart. Now, he was swinging a megaphone while doing that, but <laughs> that's an incredible thing to have nice. gotten away with back in the digit. 50- I didn't know it was that old. <laughs>
0: um... I was just looking. Can you remember who the t- the Cowboys' two wins were against? Falcons. Yeah.
2: And um, they won last week, didn't they?
0: Bengals. Nope. Giants. Giants? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Giants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, last week. So yeah, th- yeah, and in, in in those wins, they also conceded thirty nine and thirty four points to <laughs> yeah. atrocious teams. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> so bad.
4: I had them down as going to the Super Bowl play playing the Steelers. I suck.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on, because uh, a game I forgot to put in the running order, which is bad, it's Giants 20, <laughs> team 19. Now, I said,
4: I said to John, somebody had tweeted out that the funniest and yet saddest thing they saw this weekend was... Uh, <laughs> Was a was a Giants player celebrating with a double backflip when he stopped uh, the the former Redskins from running in and scoring a a, a two was it a two point conversion attempt? Yeah. Um, for the win, he, he then did a double backflip and celebrated like they'd won the Super Bowl. Uh, now it's great that the, the players are playing with that much heart for Joe Judge, but sort of sums up where the Giants are right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's, it's not pretty,
4: but their defence is actually showing up uh, at least with a good deal of effort and no small amount of talent. Like, I, I quite like what they're trying to do on defence. They've got some good pieces. I
2: think mean, they've got some very developing pieces. I mean, right. think there's, there's, there's some potential there. And I agree. Like, you have to, you have to commend the effort level. Um, you know, there's no... OK, there are a few kind of well-known names in it, in terms, of kind of Blake Martinez and Jabril Peppers and, and Leonard Williams, but they're not kind of stellar all-pro players. They're, they're kind of, and they're not generally.
4: The yeah. um,
2: but, you know, they've got, you know, the other two linebackers, uh, Ty Crowder and um, Kyler Fack- Fackrell. um yeah. I'm sure they are made up names. Um, they, they, last couple of weeks, they've been forcing turnovers. So, you know, it's it's something to build upon. I still don't think Daniel Jones is the quarterback of, of the future of the Giants. Um, if if the if the defense is kind of developing and it, it, there's potential, I still think there's massive issues on, on the offensive side of the football.
0: Oh, definitely. I think that's as much as that game deserves. Um, <laughs> so yeah. hang on, hang on, because Gary, I boy,
3: agree with you. That's uh, all that game deserves. But as a Giants fan, if you told me we'd be in the hunt. After six games,
4: I'd have have put your hand off. That's the same as saying that, technically speaking, I've still got a chance. With and then name any random female TV celebrity that isn't married because they're not married.
0: That's it. Miriam Margolis.
4: Yeah, (laughs) Miriam Margolis. Yeah, that's it. I'm not sure I'm her type, but technically I'm in the hunt. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's on the plow. Gary wanted to discuss. Big Ron going for two, so Riverboat yeah. Ron, not Big Ron. He's a, he's a different Ron altogether. He'd yeah. not be allowed anywhere near the football team right now. Although actually, probably not a bad appointment for them. Fix he was probably a, a consultant for some yeah. period of time. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about Riverboat being Riverboat?
1: Well, I think you know. I get he was probably desperate to get over the line. Um, but it seems like a strange decision, doesn't it? You know, um, with a with an offense like that, you know, who who were you exactly relying on to to get you those two points? Um, well, Kyle Allen apparently is the answer.
3: Well, I, I get in terms of he's a gambler. He's the, he's Riverboat Ron. I wouldn't want to watch another quarter of the Giants <laughs> the football team. So, yeah, I, I kind of get why he did it. <laughs> Either way, you end the game. Great.
0: Um, I mean, he's doing us all a
4: favor. So Dwayne Haskins was ill this week, so he wasn't. He wasn't even at the game. Kyle Allen completed thirty-one of forty-two passes, two hundred and eighty yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Like it wasn't bad, but how long? <coughs> you go ahead, not winning games and not finding out exactly what you've got in Dwayne Haskins, like. What's Kyle
2: Allen got? Another three or four games before they I uh, I think they've already made that decision. Yeah. I think it's not so much down to what Dwayne Haskins has or hasn't done on the pitch. I think it's his attitude off the pitch. Like it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you know he's not the first one in the building and the last one out of the building. That's Alex Smith. You know,
0: if, only you can't or, walk. if Alex
2: Smith carries on doing that, fair enough, but then Dwayne Haskins has to be the second guy in the building and the second and the second to last person out of the building. And this was coming out like when Ron R- Rivera got there. There was a comment made about, about Dwayne Haskins' work ethic. And from what's come out over the last couple of weeks, it seems like it hasn't changed. And I don't think Rivera's the type of coach that would let something like that go lightly. I think he knows that you know, they're, they're in for a season where they're probably not going to get more than two or three wins and they'll get a high draft pick so they can pick up a new quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is done in the, in the football team.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Haskins was on the trade block and nobody wants him. So yeah, uh, there's no, no value yeah. in Haskins. He, he's going to be released, I, I would think, at some point. Um, I suppose, to me, the bigger question was, you know, last week, Allen was injured, came back into the game, didn't come back into the game, and they ran with Alex Smith. I, I suppose my bigger question is, you know, what did they see, not see? What did Alex Smith feel that meant that, you know, he wasn't, you know, you know could you be, you know, at the moment with Washington... You know, you you could be using both quarterbacks, didn't you? You could be mixing that up a little bit. You you could be.
4: I think it's the fact that Smith hasn't taken as many reps as Allen, and Allen already knows the offense because he played at the Panthers with Ron. So I think it's, it's purely that. There looked to be zero timing on anything Alex Smith did last week. Like, it was great to see him out there, but effectively, for him, it was a here's your practice reps, try not to get injured. And I don't think he was ever going
3: to against play
4: against Aaron week. Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Tour has got to yeah. start against Aaron Donald, and Tua yeah, <laughs> I, we didn't mention that, but Tua is about to start his career properly against Aaron Donald, and he's going to get crushed. But just you know,
2: I, I get it more it, mobile. There,
4: I understand why Kyle Allen is yeah. out there, and I think what you're saying about Dwayne Hastings is right. I just want to see Alex Smith again. That's the only thing that would keep me interested in the football
3: team. Um, before we move on... No, 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 there's something I need to say before we move on as a Giants fan. Cool.
2: Definitely to move on from this game.
3: We well, definitely do I'm need going. to move on, but I remember how much the Giants got slated for not taking Haskins.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
3: That is true, and I was just about to say the, the touchdown pass
4: from Daniel Jones to Darius Slayton is an example of the skill that Daniel Jones does have And the Scamper run for the touchdown as well. I think he ran for the touchdown as well. He's an example of the skills he does have. But he doesn't seem to be able to move on from the weekly problem of, I'll hold the ball for eight seconds too long, and it will probably get knocked away from me at some point. Mm. The development isn't happening at pace, but the the raw talent is definitely there. Like That pass over the top of the defence into the corner was beautiful. It was one of the best passes of the weekend. So if I'm a Giants fan, and I know two of you, I'm not that down. Like, I'm disappointed of how my team started, but I'm not that down on Daniel Jones right now because I I think the issues can be fixed if you get enough other talent around him. I don't think his ceiling is that high, but I don't think his floor is
3: that low. We have the best second-year quarterback in the division, and we're in the hunt. I'm
0: going to have a great time. (laughs) Okay, we're moving on. Vikings 23, Falcons 40 in a game that is really only significant because it's the first game of the non Quinn Falcons era. Um, Raheem Morris gets a win.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, And that that scoreline flattered the Vikings, let's be honest.
4: Yeah. They were never ever in this game. Um, Cousins threw three touchdowns and 343 yards, but he also threw three interceptions, at least one of which was mind numbing. On the it's just like a we, we often come back to this with Kirk Cousins like, who the hell
3: is he? Is he a good player or not?
2: He's like, even, even when he's
3: good, they suck. <laughs>
2: He's he's like Daniel Jones. Like every so often, he does something which is like, yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, But then most of the time, this season especially, he's just been terrible. And I'd actually put, in in terms of kind of how they're performing, I'd put him below Daniel Jones at the moment because just because of the cast of characters around Kirk Cousins looks really good. Like Justin Jefferson is probably one of the best rookie wide receivers that's not named Chase Claypool. Er, (laughs) Herbert Smith second year. Erv uh, Smith's second-year tight end is a good tight end. He's really come on well this year. Adam Phelan is a good wide receiver. The offensive line is good. Okay, Davin Cook was injured, but Alex Ma- Alexander Matt- Matheson was a decent player last week, and he kind of fell off the, off the pick this week as well. So Kirk Cousins has got the players around him, and that defence isn't terrible either. They just have, they've had a bad day. They found Julio Jones has finally woken up in the 2020 season. Um, and they've just been absolutely beaten. But yeah, those three those turnovers that are quite early on in the game absolutely set the tone for this game. And
4: that's the second a- time in six six games. What was it the third? It might even be the third time. No, it's the second time in six games. Second. Thrown, yeah, second second time he's thrown three interceptions in a game in six games this season already. Yeah. Like he's on course for a phenomenal number of, of interceptions, yeah. like gamers level interceptions. Now, I don't think he's going to do that, and he is still plus one, because he's 11-10 to 10 touchdowns to interceptions, but there's no confidence being inspired there, and if there was a decent backup at the Vikings, I think he'd be under pressure, but is it, I think we've had this conversation before, it's Sean Mannion, or mm-hmm. like, it, it's some nobody,
1: and I, I think that's a problem for the Vikings, because he's not under pressure, he just well, isn't. He's actually come out this week and said if he keeps throwing interceptions, he will get benched. Um, Cousins himself, and and, like I've been a big supporter of Cousins, and I think he does have the the raw talent to be you know a very good, solid quarterback. But he's paid a lot of money, you know, and he he is not performing to the level they are paying for because essentially, at times, they're going to have to lose other players because they're paying him, you know, 27 million dollars a season or whatever they're paying him. I think if Cousins doesn't turn it around, he could be in trouble at the end of the year. I don't know what he is in terms of the cap hit, but thats he's been there, what, is this his third year?
2: Yeah, I think been, it's a big
1: yeah. cap hit this year, isn't it?
2: The contract, I contract in the summer as well. So he's
1: um,
4: so got an $84 million contract yeah. signed in 2018, and since then, they're 19, 16 and 1. Right? That's not good uh, enough. That, that's it's nowhere near good enough. It's... it's it,
2: his his cap hit his cap hit next year is thirty one million and the year after that is forty five million.
4: Wow. So they're stuck with him. Like they're stuck. Yeah. This is the future. And I think he can turn it around, because Gary's Gary's general point is right. Like he's not a player without talent. But something it's like the lights aren't always on. It's just like it like we were saying about Jimmy G earlier, you just don't really know who you're getting. Yeah. And maybe Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins have both just been drastically overvalued, and that, you know that's not a slight on them beyond the fact that they're not top ten quarterbacks in the league. So well done for them getting paid
3: more than they're worth.
2: Fair play <laughs> <laughs> to the agents. Yeah,
3: yeah. But this is the thing that makes it so egregious because you, Jimmy G, never really had the weapons that yeah. Kirk Cousins has had. Mm-hmm. True. True. Kirk Cousins, it's. The thing that makes it so egregious for me is the amount of money and the standing he had that he just didn't deserve at the point of at the point of him receiving that. Well, he, he did
1: some some pretty good things in Washington with without much of a cast around him. And I suppose what he hasn't done in when he's gone to Minnesota is kicked on. You know, you know, he's taken, you know, what was, you know, a pretty well performing team under Case Keenum Yep. And not done anything more with it. And you you know, I think if you're a franchise owner and you're going you know spend all that money on Kirk Cousins you know versus case Keenan and you see no kind of step forward then there's a problem isn't there you know do, at some think, point.
4: do you not think cousins is a little bit victim of comparison he looked a hell of a lot better than rg3 in the same team so everyone went yeah fair enough he must be pretty good and and it like you say he hasn't done no, on
1: his stats were comparable with some yeah. great quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. You know, and, and in terms of, like, with those players around him, you, you thought if you plugged him into a, you know, a top-tier playoff-ready team, then you're ready to go and do St. serious. But, you know, we haven't seen that level of consistency. And I've been a big defender of Cousins for the last, you know, 18 months, I'd say. You know, and but you can't just keep defending the indefensible forever, can yeah. you? Yeah.
0: No, I mean, you must, they, must a,
1: a, they must look at... They must look at... Sorry, Paul. Gonna, he's good, but he wasn't
3: the best-paid quarterback in the league good.
4: No, that, that is the yeah. problem. The you who did look good, though, was Matt Ryan. Four touchdowns, 371 yards, 34 for completion. Like, the talk of him being traded away so they can start again is absolutely insane. I said this last week. It's nuts. You don't do that. You don't torch a perfectly good house just because it was poorly run. You just clean yeah. the inside out and start again. So, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, these are, what do they call them? Like, centrepieces. Like, they are, they are the, the the stones that hold this franchise up. And you just need to put better coaching around them. And this team yeah. can the playoffs.
2: The, the difference this week for the, the, the uh, Falcons was I think they had three starters come back on defense. It's made a big difference. And that's, that's harsh on, on Dan Quinn, obviously, because he, he didn't benefit from that. But, you know, it wasn't just the last game which got Dan Grim fired. It was the last yeah. couple of years where it's been, yeah. under, which has been bad. Um, but, you know, the, the defence showed up and, okay, yeah, we, we've talked about Kirk Cousins being poor, but, they, you know, they, they played against other four teams and lost badly. They didn't do that this year. And like I said, Julio Jones, eight receptions, 137 yards and two touchdowns. That's the Julio Jones we, we know and love. And long may it continue. Well,
0: it was, it was better than the Julio Jones we've been used to for yeah. the last few years. I mean, you know it feels like an age since he's had two touchdowns in a game
2: yeah
0: you know it just uh you know i'm probably wrong he's probably done it but you know it, it he the 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 slight against jones for years has been red zone um uh productivity and two touchdowns um and the second touchdown was just great but yeah um he only uh, he
4: only did it twice last season, week two and week fifteen. He had two touchdowns in each game, but he only had two other touchdowns all season in weeks one and three. So yeah. it is always with him: does he score enough? But the
0: yardage he puts up is phenomenal, just absolutely otherworld. And as well, you know, Ryan has only thrown one uh, one passing touchdown in the last three games without him. So, yeah. I think, you know, it's, you know, it's not just what he does on the red zone, it's what he does for the team. Yeah.
3: Oh, it's 15 yards of reception this
0: season. That's what he does for the team. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on
3: to uh, final One, game for the weekend. By
4: the way, once in 2018, once in 2017, not at all in 2016 for two touchdowns in a game for Julia.
0: Just saying. Uh, Jags, 16. <laughs> Lions, 34. And uh, we'll finish the show there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I will just say, Adrian Peterson scored his 113th rushing touchdown, which is the fourth most of all time. And the DeAndre under, Swift is starting and, to look quite decent. And there you go, DeAndre Swift. He's, he's probably available in some fantasy leagues if you want to have a punt.
2: I'll included. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Imagine if twenty minutes before your
4: game started, you took advice from a no hope loser in fantasy to get rid of DeAndre Swift out of
1: your team because he doesn't play. But <laughs> well, I suppose I suppose the good thing for Jim is, being as he's you know number one on
0: the waiver wire, he can just pick him straight back up again.
2: Consistently number one on the waiver wire, you mean?
0: <laughs> the Jets of our fantasy team,
2: big time. <laughs> um, um, I know. I
4: know you want to move on from this game, and we should because there's not a lot to say, but. Minshew isn't saving his career in Jacksonville here at all, is
2: he? No, he's not. He's, um, he's been bad, hasn't he? Right. Um, he's, it's,
0: a bad, he's been, it's a bad team.
2: He's it's been all right team. at best.
0: I'm not going to defend Minshew, but it it's a bad team. And, you know, Cheneau, uh has been all right for the last couple of weeks, but he was really bad this weekend. He, he, well, he wasn't bad, he just had no production, so it uh, doesn't help. <laughs> no one's got anything else to say.
4: I, yeah. I, I, no. I, can't believe, I can't believe
2: this game's worthy of any more airtime, to be honest with you. No, it's not. I mean okay. Lion's got a win. Yeah, great. Lion's got a win. Another week
0: for uh, you know, more, more Patricia hot seats. Oh, uh, I think Patricia will stay out the season. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, Nat mentioned yeah. it yesterday, and I think it could be this COVID season could be the the making of Matt Patricia. I think I've... you might have seen him fired halfway through the season without it. And potentially, he'll go on and, and stay there for a while. It'll be
0: interesting to watch that one over the next year or so. Well, that was uh, week 16. No, week 6, even. Week 16, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm
2: uh, wishing, wishing, the, the, season, wishing right. the
0: season away. <laughs> week 6. Um, yeah, so let's look ahead to week 7. I want your luck for uh, the weekend ahead. I'm gonna. I'm going to go. Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. Can we do? Can you do me a favor, John? Yeah. You are
3: Stato. Can you write these down so we come back to them?
0: <laughs> yes, I will. We I do will. These, but we never mention it again. I will. I will. I will bring. I will go through them this week, and I will. Do, I will chart them. You, you want? You want locks? Locks. I will but you know, I don't want to just know that you know. I reckon the Bills would beat the Jets.
4: Yeah, (laughs) I know. Football team over Cowboys. Nice. Because the Cowboys
0: are just jeez. They're awful. Uh, Some good games in some some some, I mean like Raiders box could be quite fun.
4: I'm just looking forward to
0: Giants versus Eagles, possibly the worst
4: matchup ever for who can be top of a division. It's just (laughs)
0: Well, but it's the same with Washington
3: Cowboys. That is all that could be. But
4: but it's a Thursday night game. It's like. I want
3: both (laughs) games to be a draw. (laughs)
0: Nil, nil. I want nobody to win a game in the (laughs) division. Yeah, Steelers, Titans looks a great game.
4: Yeah, Yeah. that'll be good. And I wouldn't be surprised which way that goes. Um, What do we think 49ers versus Patriots? Because I, I think. Patriots are either going to course correct and absolutely smack them down, or they're just going to limp again because the O line is so bad and this Niners defense
0: could crush Cam if it gets to him. It's in Foxborough, th- so Patriots win in Foxborough. I reckon. Yeah, uh, I like you didn't want to play the Chiefs this week. I wouldn't want to play the Pats this uh, this coming weekend. After after a, a, a quite frankly prophetic <coughs> lock. <life. coughs> I'm going to
3: give you um, my lock, John. I'm going to give you the lock. The Cardinals are going to beat the Seahawks. That's what I said. So cool. Is this the week where um, Herbert
4: gets, you know, a big win over the Jags? Yeah.
2: I was just about to lock up the Chargers over the Jags. Okay. Yep.
0: And Gary? Bengals over Browns.
2: Ooh, Ooh. yeah.
0: You reckon?
1: If 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 Baker's not 100% fit, that's true, yeah. I reckon that that's a win for the. It's out the Bengals. Yeah,
3: if, if you I'll,
0: had Cardinal Seahawks, John, I'm going to go for the Rams beating the Bears. Nice. Okay. That's our locks in. Um. Oh, they go. I will chart them from now on. Don't, so no uh, one
1: taking Jets over Bills, no. Huh? <laughs> I mean, so Chiefs over Broncos. There's a couple in there, isn't there? Still,
2: you know. A couple of straightforward ones to pick out, but yeah. Okay. Oh, one thing to bear in mind, the, the clocks have changed, well, or they will change in the US. Yeah. Uh, games are an hour earlier, which is nice for that one or two weeks that we have it. Yes, it's five o'clock, the, uh, the game, it's
0: all officially starts, so uh, yeah. Which is cool. Um, but I think uh, that's long enough f- for us, so uh, I think we should uh, leave it there and we'll come back next week uh, with uh, our review of uh, week seven, but uh, it's a good night. Good night from us, and we'll see you soon. Uh, bye. Bye.